Hello, and welcome back to Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC 277 review. And Tom Ballam, I'm going to ask you a simple question here. In a word, give me your review of UFC 277. Underwhelming. Underwhelming, Joe. Uh, I think there were two camps here looking at this main card. There were what the ones that uh, had their attention stolen by the main event in which we did at least get 25 minutes of fighting. And then there's the camp where, you know, we had yet another early injury um, in one of the fights and what I thought was a very early stoppage, which deprived me of some more. So I'm, I'm, I'm lacking something, Joe. I'm missing it. I'm, I'm not fulfilled. What about you? Yeah, the words that popped into my head was chaotic. Uh, that was the main feeling I got from it. Is that like kind of like finishes, but not finishes. You know, hints of good performances, but kind of felt like I didn't get a complete uh, reading of a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these fighters, um, even in the ones that lost, I was a bit like, well, I don't know really know what to take away from this. So let's get down to it. Let's go to the main event. Uh, Amanda Nunes reclaims her bantamweight title from Juliana Pena in a comprehensive five-round victory. And Tom Ballam, let me ask you something. Was there anything about that fight that you gave to Pena? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Uh, again, this is a fight that seemed to divide people. Uh, some people seem to leave the fight feeling like it was kind of close in a way because... Uh, in the later rounds, in the process of getting mushed into the mat, Pena threw up some submission attempts in a desperate attempt to save her face from getting crushed in any further. Um, yeah, some of people really took a lot, of, a lot of pleasure in that, and I think maybe felt the fight was closer than it was. And then there was Dana White in the post-fight press conference, Joe. I don't know if you heard what he had mm. to say. I know you're no. li- living the high life right now out there in Greece. You might not have got to that press conference, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, Dana. No, I've seen I've seen nothing of the post fight. Yeah, sorry, go on, Tom. Well, so Dana fielded uh, a question on that fight straight away, kind of praising praising Pena and uh, how it was a great main event and and quite close, and and Dana shut it down immediately and saw it as a total demolition job. For me, I was in the same camp there as. As Dana, I actually gave it fifty forty three. I had two ten eights in there, Joe. I don't know. I don't know what you thought. What were your two ten eight rounds? Uh, the third round, which I think we had three knockdowns in, uh, three rinse and repeat knockdowns, where Pena came blitzing in, squared her stance up, and uh, Nunes just delivered simple check hooks, which which put her down. I think three in one round. That was mm. a ten eight for me. And then the round that, that was followed. The, uh... That was the second round. Oh, was that the second round? That was the second round. All right, all right. Well, I stand, I stand corrected. And then uh, I, th- I think at least it was the round following that where uh, it was a particularly gruesome episode of of ground and pound, almost five minutes worth, um, with those with mm. those elbows. Did you give any ten eights in that in that fight? Yeah, two ten eight rounds. Um, I, I will say. Um, no offense to this fight. Um, I can't give a complete score, by the way, because I fell asleep and I missed the fifth round, and I didn't <laughs> want to go back and watch it. So I wasn't. <laughs> I know this is incredibly unprofessional of me, but I, I got enough of a picture. I think. But, you can but Joe, agree that's with that, that's, 
that suggests that you don't feel like Pena was a legitimate submission threat. You weren't on the edge of your seat when those attempts were happening. No, my the, the edge of the seat for me was is Nunes going to actually finish her? That was that's what I was thinking about, and particularly as you say, like those check hooks, which it was really interesting that Nunes just simply got away from the jab by switching stances, <laughs> and then she just intercepted her with her power hand was now her lead hand and was just check hooking her every single time, and Pena just didn't switch stances, like that would have taken that away. Well, that's kind of what you would have had to have done in that. But then also, how many fighters are that good at making those adjustments in fight? Yeah, and that isn't, I don't, I think you're underselling the scale of that adjustment. Although, yeah, she should, could return to her same, same kind of jab first approach that w- worked so well in the first fight if she had been able to switch stances and, and meet Amanda. Um, the problem would be there, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it might seem like just switching your feet over and having a different foot facing forward but of course the angle at which you throw each shot how your lead hand corresponds with your hooks uh, the timing it does all change so mm-hmm. I, I, I mean I would have been very impressed if Pena had had kind of game plan for that and herself and thought you know it'd be like double checkmate basically <laughs> Nunes neutralizes her style with a switch mm-hmm. stance and then Pena equalizes it up with another one I'd have given her huge credit had she been able to make that adjustment I don't think it was so easy to do that Look, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I am being incredibly harsh here. Like, it is very easy for me to say this of just like, well, just switch stances. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're not, if you haven't trained that, you haven't trained a jab out of the other stance, yeah. and you don't have that ability, then it's like, yeah, that's going to be something that's going to be scary well, for you. Well, Joe, let me probably, tell you, Joe. you're probably thinking I might be getting even more trouble. Well, Sorry, if, well, yeah, let me tell you, Pena does not have that technique. She has one or maybe two strikes that she's learned. Uh, I think we, <laughs> we, we can say that pretty safely now. I mean, mm. uh, I don't really want to dump on the fight because I did enjoy it. And uh, I certainly don't want to dump on this fight because that leaves us in a horrible position for the fights coming up that we're going to discuss. Uh, mm. But but yeah, it, it wasn't. It I wasn't, mean stellar stuff I mean it was pretty one-dimensional yeah I mean I I think the main thing that I took from this as well was that Nunes must have been fucked up in that last fight like she must have been struggling with the after effects of COVID because mm. she came out here and was her, her old self yeah and you know my main note from this was that she's fluid and she's more of an athlete than Pena mm. she felt like an athlete in there do you know what I mean like she had this ability on the feet and how she moved that Pena's just never going to have yeah. um, and you know Pena's done very well for herself with every ability that she has but you know it was the perfect storm for her to win the title and that just was not going to come around again and, and you know we have to give her credit for that performance the first time out and making that adjustment in that fight but to have done that again would have been incredible and also like thinking that that game plan was going to work again no, just not going to happen, is it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was short work for for Amanda, really. Uh, as you say, back to her old self, and and the same notable thing that you take from other Amanda Nunes fights, like the the power mismatch on on the striking is. I can't mm. I can't think of another athlete uh, in the sport who who always seems so mismatched. Into you know, she she just hits hits different. I, yeah. I can't I can't see a world in which. 
in which Pena really hurts her. Unless the timing is perfect, she catches Nunes at the most vulnerable moment. Whereas Nunes still has that ability where she can just blow through the guards. You know, somebody in a perfect defensive stand, just just blow them away. So, yeah, that's a credit. I agree. To I Nunes. agree. It brings us Abs- on. It brings absolutely. You- Brings us on, Joe, to what we do next with these two ladies. As you say, Pena's profile has been raised significantly, now considered the third best women's pound-for-pound fighter in the world, ahead of the likes of Zhang Li and Rose mm. Namajunas. Uh, what do you do with them? And Carla Esparza. And Carla Esparza, the current champ, yeah. What, what do I do with Pena? Mm. Uh, I would avoid a trilogy fight. <laughs> I think there was some talk of a trilogy fight, Please and no. I just think that's that's it's ludicrous, isn't it? Please to think no. that they're going to do that. Yeah, so I would say I would say no to that. Um, to be honest, if if I'm the UFC, you know there was that talk of getting rid of the flyweight division those years ago, and oh, you could bring in a 165 division. I'd get rid of the, these this bantamweight division and bring in a 105 division. Like I just don't think there's there's much here. And I think wow. it's um, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like Nunes has sort of completed it, isn't she? She's completed the division. Joe's had enough. Joe has had enough. Yeah, I mean, man. Like, what are we waiting for? We're wait- we're waiting for Kayla Harrison to finish up with the PFL, and then for them to fight at one forty-five. You know, yeah, that's what please, we're waiting for. Please no. Yeah. I mean, so, I do have some breaking news for you here, Joe. It might change your opinion. There was one woman to really gain in the rankings of bantamweight following the weekend's fight. Uh, go on. Misha Che, she's gone up two places in the rankings off the back of the weekend. What? Misha, Misha Tate has gone, up to, has gone up in the bantamweight division. <laughs> yes. Yes, she has. After her last after her last flight at Flyweight, where she got mushed <laughs> for fifteen minutes by Lauren Murphy. No disrespect Joe. to Lauren Murphy. That's 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 a tough fighter. But my words, that is some that is some MMA math right there. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I can't I can't place Pena. I don't know what to do with her. I feel <laughs> I feel like the next fight is probably you know back back to reality for her. Nunes, in the meantime, uh, another revelation from Dana. In the post press fight conference was um, post press fight conference, yeah, post conference, yeah. <laughs> uh, was that post fight press conference? Post fight, yes, that's it, Joe. Yes, Thank yes. you. That's why you need a co-host in these pods. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a potential matchup for Nunes and Shevchenko. That one's getting an airing again. Uh, Dana sounded interested. Yeah, are, are you? Yeah, Joe. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're about to abolish the division right now, then uh, then yeah, let's see Nunes and, and Shevchenko bang it out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what else is there? I mean, to be honest, Shevchenko doesn't really have a challenger yet at flyweight. I'm still predicting Manon Fioro to be the one to cause her problems eventually as the champion, maybe to actually defeat her, but... Anyway, let's stop, stop, let's stop fucking around. Let's talk about some good fights, or the good fight on this card. Uh, interim flyweight championship Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France Brandon Moreno wins with a third round TKO and let's give it up here for Brandon Moreno what a performance from him great adjustments seemed like a kind of the same but different some new wrinkles to his game and a tremendous finish that body kick just with real rib roasters that he was giving to Kara France that eventually uh, got the better of him and then some lovely ground and pound 
And that's all she wrote. Interim champion Brandon Moreno. Tom, are you hyped for him versus Figueredo 4 now? Ah, <laughs> oh, Joe, I, I really, you know, I can see that this fight made a big impression on you. And I, I don't want to take up the counter stance immediately. I don't want to switch stances mm. on you when you haven't been working on your jab. But um, listen, mm. I was kind of bummed. I was kind of bummed out about it because uh, really? although I, I well I picked Moreno to win and of course the championship is very important to me the hold on I'm talking about the championship uh, I know you had Kaikara France but I found mm. out during the fight that really I wanted Kaikara France to win and I think the reason for that Joe is God I don't want to see that figgy fight again not yet not yet and now it seems <laughs> irresistible um, how did you score the fight before the finish that is of uh, course First two rounds to Moreno. And then I felt that Cara France was coming back in the third. Oh, that's it. And was winning, was, 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 was winning that it. round. Yeah. It was getting, it was hotting up. It was getting exciting. Uh, Cara France really fought within himself in those first couple of rounds. I think he was having a bit of a hard time dealing with uh, this kind of wavy hand defense that Moreno had <laughs> turned mm. up. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, it was quite distracting. Yeah, yeah. It, was hard, it was hard not to watch him. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, there's sort of, um, I don't know, it's kind of, it was, it was almost like he was just trying to like, use the force on him, wasn't it? It was it was very odd, like his, just wasn't working. But eventually, Cara France managed to get inside that. Nice jab uppercut in that third round. You could see the confidence was growing. You could see his corner as well in the background were like really trying to push him on. And you could sense that there was something coming from them. Yeah. Huge swing at clubbing shots as well from him in that round. But... Moreno, we got to give him the credit here. He put the work in in, that, in this fight and um, put Cara France away. It is that tantalising thing, though, of Cara France was coming on and just that perfect liver shot just puts you away every single time. Like, there's no way of getting through those. And um, Moreno is now your interim champ. Yeah, I mean... It Mar- seems... I don't, I don't know, what's the, what's the feeling after this fight of, like, are people excited for this? Do people... Think that Moreno is going to defeat Figueredo? I think we are in the minority uh, with our position here on on on, our, on hold on. I'm talking, brother. I mean, uh, Joe Rogan said live on air that he gave the previous fight to uh, Moreno. The previous fight with Figueredo, he he scored it for Brandon. They so... were they were they were shitting they were shitting all over Figueredo on this. They were, were they like, oh well, this is for the real champion. It's just like, is it fuck? Is it fuck? <laughs> like, like, and I've, by the way, I've seen some people online saying, Moreno has won all three fights in this trilogy. Has he fuck? That first fight, he got absolutely mollywopped, right? Second fight came out and was tremendous. Got to give it up to him. Brilliant. And then in that third fight, I don't know what happened there, but he landed some big shots on Figueredo, but Figueredo worked him. Yeah. I, I went back through my notes, by the way, for that fight, and I had it 4-1 Figueredo. And to be honest, that seemed to be the consensus as well. Like, whatever... People have seemed to create this narrative with Figueredo of, oh, he's not that good, he's not the real champion. Bro, he is that good. He is that exciting. He made Flyweight exciting. Like, he's part of the reason why Flyweight is so exciting now. So to, there's no need to shit on Figueredo if you want to praise Moreno, in my mind. So, but... Again, I'm not that excited for a fourth fight. Well, he did uh, kind of burnish his uh, evil persona credentials with the with the post-fight action. Uh, mm. Did you enjoy that? Them getting Figueredo into the ring after the for the, for the next matchup. 
if it was like the Lesnar Cormier one, then I would have been like, oh hell yeah, I'd have been out for that because you know it's funny because it's Lesnar Cormier doing it. It's two heavyweights. It'd be funny. It's the lightest weight class doing that as well. Um, but they've never really done those very well, have they? I mean, if you think about the the other famous ones with that, you had the the GSP. I was not impressed with your performance <laughs> one, which is hilarious. Yeah. But then you also have the. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Bisping went in there after Whitaker beat Romero for the interim championship? Do you remember that one? I don't, but I can envisage it, and it's making me cringe the thought of it, Joe. Bisping went in there to work an angle, and Whitaker was just like, "Oh well, you know, can't wait to fight you, mate." and all that can't can't wait to give us a good old knock and this thing said like i thought you were pathetic and shit here take this belt and threw it at him and he said like i don't even want to look at you mate and walked off like and whitaker went into the mic was like oh can i have that can i have that belt is that is that all right like, like he was actually going to take the proper title not the interim title so it was kind of like this weird sort of mismatch of like one guy cutting a, pro- a promo and the other guy being like quite sincere sportsman, mm-hmm. which uh, doesn't really work. Well, the problem, uh, is- but this one was fine. I, 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 I sorry, Joe, I disagree. I, I, it made me, made me wince big time. I think the big issue is, of course, the language barrier. Yeah, it seemed yeah, the language barriers have never really bothered. Yeah, but language barriers, whatever. Like, I, I can forgive that. I can forgive that. And also, it's like two guys where like their personas. Like, if it was Figueredo going full bad guy mode, then it's just like, all right, I'm getting hyped for this. But I don't know. It was it was a bit... I, it was fine, but like I, it didn't offend me too much, but it didn't get me excited for the fight. So uh, it seems yeah. pretty set that these guys will meet next for the belt. But uh, we have mm. had a development down in, in men's flyweight uh, since the weekend. And that is mm. a matchup I did brief you uh, before we came online so you are ready for this one it's Askar Askarov uh, who Oof. previous to being vanquished by Cara France had looked pretty unstoppable at flyweight he's gonna fight Brandon Roy Val who's been uh, surging oh, up the rankings himself yes brilliant can't wait cannot wait for that when have they set that for uh, you ask too much Joe you ask too much I've stumped you I've stumped you. I've st- <laughs> You've neutralised me. Sorry, you switch, right. switch stances on me, Joe. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't been training it. Um, I will pull that up for you shortly. Great fight to make, anyway. That's uh, four versus mm. five, and yes, still leaves the question of Alexandre Pantoja. Now we should probably wait to talk about his win over Alex Perez, but it kind of makes sense to bring it in now. No, let's let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. So break down that that fight for us, Joe. That was another one on the main card here. Um, well, as soon as that fight started, I was howling with delight. These two went straight at it in the middle of the ring and were swinging. And then Pantoja uh, slipped underneath Perez, took his back, and then worked to a uh, guillotine. That's not a guillotine. Rear naked choke, my mistake. And um, just continually made adjustments until he finally got the finish locked in. Really tight body triangle as well on a standing body triangle. And uh, Pantoja gets the finish. These two were tremendous, I thought. And Pantoja, he's the man. He owns, okay? And frankly, I'd rather see him versus Figueredo. Uh, The rematch, actually, their first fight was banging, if you remember that one. I would happily watch that over the Moreno fight. 
Yeah, it does seem uh, a bit of a rough deal for Pantoja. You know, he came into that fight ranked number four. Uh, mm. If it wasn't for this, the fact that it was an interim belt already between Moreno and Kai Kara France, maybe the UFC would have been tempted to make that fight. Uh, you know, he's gone up to rank two now. What does he do? Does he just mm. sit and wait? I guess so. Or fight Kara France or... I don't know. Like, who does he fight? Like, who, yeah, he's going to have to stay busy because it seems... Sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, who would you favour there? Uh, potential matchup with Kai Kara France. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. Who cares? You just know it's going to be a good fight. <laughs> like, this is the thing with flyweight, and Cormier said this on the commentary, is that these guys are, like, so skillful. Like, they're so, so skillful. Like, they have every element of the game sort of like locked down because they need to be and the speed as well like I, I don't know like put any of these top flyweight contenders against each other and, and I'm down for it and um, that's another one yeah Pant- Pantoja Cara France that would be a good one and I maybe lean towards Pantoja yeah, maybe that, that's my instinct too Joe he, ju- he just seems so well rounded yeah. Pantoja um, yeah yeah he really is actually that's that's a is it, but it's not like a jack of all trades, master of none thing. It's like master of all trades, isn't it? It's really, it's really something. But anyway, should we go back through our, just our picks as well? So you picked Moreno to beat Cara France, and we both picked Pantoja over Perez. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We both had a decision. Me by KO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you by KO. You had a decision. So that was one point each for us. Mm-hmm. Two for you for Moreno. So you were on. A, you're on five points, and I'm on a paltry three. Let's talk about what turned out to be the deciding fight then in, in uh, the Holden I'm Talking Brother Bell. Derek Lewis versus Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, my one big note here was what on earth? Um, Lewis was overwhelmed. Uh, it was my main take from that. He just was absolutely... Pavlovich put, worked him, really. He put work on him. Oh, Joe, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this is the Derek Lewis way, you know. He looks hurt every time. He looks slow. Uh, I thought he was getting into the danger zone, and then the, the ref called it off. <laughs> I was like, Derek set a trap here. Now, I had picked Pavlovich to win this fight by, by knockout um, beforehand. Mm. And uh, I was worried at that point. I wasn't thinking, pour it on him now. I was thinking, e- a-, a up, A up, you know, learn from Volkov. <laughs> come by, come by. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now, fella. And uh, yeah, I was, I was really gutted to see this fight stopped. I mean, um, I don't think there's any dispute do you, about hold on. it. It's a, it's a bad stoppage, but do you blame Mergliata for the stoppage? Yes. Yes, see, I, do. I don't. I don't. Joe, look, okay, his, he did kind of look like he was going face forwards down. He did. He did. Uh, there was a yeah. brief moment of that, but he bounced back up so fast. I don't even know if he, if he went face to Matt. It seemed like he got his hands out a little bit and he, and he was up. Uh, I don't know. You just think about those, those fights, you know, the great comeback from, from Czech Congo, for example. Now, that was too much. That was too far. But mm. y- you have to give the fighters a chance. I mean, Derek Lewis has been training for months. He spent a lot of money on a camp. Uh, you know, it really takes nothing to knock you off your feet when you're 230 pounds or so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he was protecting Lewis in stepping in. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. 
you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I the thing is, is that I understand why he's why he stopped it, but it's not something that I would have. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have stopped it myself. Um, well, you, you wouldn't have got that. I, 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 You'd still be on the, <laughs> on the side of the cage, chugging air. <laughs> God almighty. Well, yeah, if, particularly if I'd ref the Pantoja Perez fight, God, <laughs> the speed that those two are at. Um, no, I mean, it's more that, like, I disliked as well, by the way, the commentary, like, Rogan citing Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard. First off, get a more up-to-date reference. But also, like, <laughs> that's a lightweight title fight this is a you know heavyweight slugger fight and it's you know I, I, I'm annoyed that that's how it's end, ended obviously but I kind of understand so I try not to be and it, but the thing is is that it kind of annoys me as well because it takes away from Pavlovich who I thought had looked quite good at, at least from what we'd seen he did, he did. He saw the same strength we've seen before. Uh, great combos, very, very fast hands, and obviously carries a lot of pop as a, as a heavyweight. Um, mm. Absolutely, absolutely. You can't take anything away from, from Pavlovich. Uh, didn't do much to kind of boost his international profile with his post-fight interview. Let's just, let's just say it. Run this fight back. So, yeah, Joe, I'm on, I'm on board with that. No, nobody else seems to be saying that, but... I, I don't know. I mean, they've, they, what they've decided to do, uh, or I say they, but the journalist community, not including, hold on, I'm talking brother, yet, uh, they have put Pavlovich mm. up in the rankings, Joe. He has jumped six, a mighty six places up the rankings from 11 all the way up to fourth, what? ahead of the likes of Tom Aspinall and Alexander Volkov off the back of that display. Oh, fuck off. Sorry, that is nonsense, isn't it? Like, that is absolute nonsense. He's ahead of Aspinall. He's ahead of Aspinall, yeah. Just behind Blades now at number, at number five. Bro, imagine... Fucking hell. What, what a load of nonsense. Imagine if Blades fought that bloke. Blades <laughs> would absolutely murder that guy. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, yeah It would not be close. Yeah. I I think me and you in agreement. Run this fight back, like no fucking around. Or um, may, or maybe let, talk... let let Blades at him, Joe. You you mentioned that Blades yeah. are sitting on his. What's well, punishment? How dare yeah. you defeat Derek Lewis in Texas? Uh, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Set Blades on him. Right, right. Let's talk about a fight that should not be run back. Magomed Ankalaya defeats Anthony Smith by TKO. Did they classify it as TKO? They call it um, TKO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was this was not competitive at all. Anthony Smith talked a big game before this, saying like he's been in a lot of MMA fights, but he's never been in a real fight. And I'm going to bring a real fight to him, which I presume means uh, circling on the outside, sort of pouring at him and throwing some <laughs> throwing some leg kicks that were checked. It was uh, it was it was an odd one, wasn't it? It was an odd one, uh, but I assume you have seen the Disclosure Pros fight. Uh, Anthony Smith he he did indeed break his ankle in the fight. Yeah, so. he didn't break his leg. Which, by the way, then he was walking out on. Which is like, <laughs> all right, you obviously didn't break your leg. That reminded me of the. Do you remember the Mike Tyson post-fight thing where he was just like, "I broke my back." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, Mike, you didn't break your back, did you? Like, you've, you've got a bit of back pain. Like, you haven't broken your back. Um, that's what that's what this kind of reminded me of. But also, again, annoyingly, it takes away from the story here, which is Ankalaev is a hammer. And you do not want to be facing that dude. He is a beast. Mm. Yeah, he was. And, well, let's, uh, should we just say it? 
title shot? Yeah, I, I. How can you deny him? The man is now on, I believe, the well, comfortably the longest active win streak at light heavyweight. Uh, they've seen fit to boost him up ahead of Rakic now, who of course out with injury. They put him up to mm. third place behind Blahovic and Chashera. Uh <sighs> I think he's ready. He should be number one. He should be number one contender. Like this is the this is the weird thing with the, the light heavyweight division. Um, is that you can have like a really long win streak and you can have it over ranked guys but the thing is a lot of those ranked guys you go like ah well you know it's a washed Tiago Santos ah you know it's Anthony Smith you know whereas if you go on a long win streak at lightweight it's kind of got a bit more pizzazz to it hasn't it although unless you're Makachev where you know it's Dan Hooker and Bobby Green are your most significant wins. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we, should, we shouldn't fuck around here. Get Ankalive in there with Prohashka. Fuck off this whole to share a rematch thing. I want to see something fresh in there. I want to see this guy competing for a title because I think he is that good. Jay, you've come back with a, uh, with a new perspective. It's the, uh, what is that? The samosas and, and the sun? Is it, is it getting to you? <laughs> it's all this feta cheese I'm having out here in Greece. It's just... It's really gone to my waist and my head, so it's, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, but I don't know, I just, I, I watched Anka live, and I just, what are, what are we waiting for here? What are, what are we really waiting for here? I, I what, guess... Dana I, likes to share so we're going to have the rematch for Prohashka. I Listen, I love Glover to share I thought the fight with Prohashka was fucking amazing, but like, let's be honest, this is a sport here, in theory, and if we're doing this on a sporting level... Ankalaev's next. I guess there is one name that I feel like we're discounting, not including in this conversation, and that is the one of the former champ, Jan Blahovic. Is he mm. no? Is he nowhere near it? I mean, former champ. He's near. He's, he's a- near, but like, but like that again. It's like it's, well, it's kind of actually almost like this Ankalaev win or Pavlovich's win. It's a bit of a dodgy one over Rakic, wasn't it? Sure, sure. So I. I'm a little bit like, well, I mean, that could be kind of, uh, that could be fun, Joe. Uh, Blahovich versus Van Oh, you mean like a real number one contenders fight? Is that what we're gonna? I mean, at that I, I stage, think, I, I almost feel like who's Van going to fight if he becomes the champion? <laughs> that is true. That is true. If he's already cleared yeah. out the division on the way up, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. There. And then thinking about the reality of that fight, I, I don't think they'd ever get after it. I think it would just be uh, feeling each other out for 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're both checking leg kicks at the same time. Like it's just it wouldn't work, would it? No, I think they might they might neutralize one another. So all right, get him in there. Get him in there against Yuri. That's so, guaranteed to be fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So, going back to our predictions, you picked an Ankalaev knockout. I went for an Ankalaev decision. Tom, how many points does that give you? Because I think you've absolutely monstered it this week. Joe, a new era has dawned, my friend. I tried to warn you. It's real. Well, you were the paper champ, but I'll give you the legitimate championship. Although saying that, you know, a broken leg and a dodgy finish from a referee and, (laughs) you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, kind of. Well, look, I mean, for me, winning the championship in, in such in such form, you know, with such flair, was the was one of the only bright spots. <laughs> because actually, you know, I, I just was left wanting more. Not just more championships for myself, but also more more fights. 
more action. I was yeah. left unfulfilled by this fight card. It was it was frustrating again to have uh, another injury stop stop a fight in terms of you know looking at the Smith and Kalaev matchup. It was very frustrating to see the Lewis fight stopped early. I was even disappointed to see that liver kick, which of course had been trained and worked upon by Moreno. I was still almost gutted to see that because we were about to get a fight and it left me uh yeah just devoid of unnourished joy, like un- yeah i just uh, i need i need more uh i didn't mm. really get it from the prelims either i know you didn't get a chance to to see the prelims yet um some good matchups on paper there and a lot of people were very excited mm. about a couple of the fights let me just detail them for you uh, for you now. Um, so, Drew Dober, of course, you're guaranteed action with a Drew Dober fight. Uh, and that of is course. exactly what you got. Do you know the results? Or? Yeah, he... Um did he, he got a rib roaster in there as well, didn't he? He worked the body uh, with some uh, body kicks. If I'm yeah, correctly. shut Rafael Elvis down uh, in the third round. Uh legitimate stoppage after Alves mm. just kind of uh, closed up and, and seized much in the way, same way that Cara France did until then it was a it was a wild fight on the feet a lot of fun um, mm. kind of as build and that was uh, followed mm-hmm. up after that fight you had Morono who has never been one to really draw my attention but he was fighting Matthew Semmelsberger in the featured prelim um, they had a bit of a war. Semmelsberger showed his showed his toughness, <laughs> uh, to use UFC speak. Right, right. Uh, a, a brawler with a ten and four record. Um, right, right. I, I can see this fight already. <laughs> right, right. I can Abs- see this fight. Absolutely. Did you um? Did you watch the? Uh, there's one prelim fight I did want to ask about. Did you watch the Michael Morales Adam Fugit fight by chance? I didn't, Joe. I didn't see it. Uh, okay, oh no! That sorry, was the other fight. sorry, sorry. I watched that one live. Forgive me. Yeah, Michael Morales. Oh. We, we yeah, we missed the featured uh, kind of preview of him. Uh, I think we just browsed over this card a little bit underwhelmed, looking at the main buried in the prelims, early prelims. Michael, Morales. I shouted him out. Did we? Forgive. Oh, I shouted him out. Yeah. Forgive me. That just skipped yeah, sure. straight over my my head because, of course, we did watch him in his debut at UFC 270 against Trevin Giles with a knockout in the first round. Mm. Uh, now the way that this was billed by the commentary team was a true test for Morales and that is because Fujit just kind of kept marching forwards and, and didn't just uh, yield to Morales' superior power um, I didn't mm. see it in quite the same way what I'm saying there is you know kind of like uh, when Nunes couldn't just blow Pena away in one round um, mm. they, they would was, it, was it like the human punching bag thing? That would be a little bit too strong, but it was a comfortable, right. comfortable display for Morales. I, I, I think they felt it was a test because, of course, he did win his first fight in the first round against Trevor right. Giles. It took until the third round for him to get the knockout over Fujit. He goes to 14-0 and 0 now. Um, he looked really good, Joe. He looked, he looked kind of a bit like he's... Uh, I'd bill him in the same kind of category as Ian Gary. Uh so young, explosive, okay, exciting, nice. and, 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 a, and a technical striker. He, 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 he looked really good here. Okay, cool. I'll get to these prelims when I get back from, uh, from holiday. Uh, well, particular fights I'll get to. 
Uh, we won't be getting to all of them. Let's talk about, actually, uh, this Saturday's Fight Night card. Let's move on now. Uh, headlined by Tiago Santos versus Jamahal Hill in the light heavyweight division here. Um, is Tiago Santos now in that Tyron Woodley sort of position of, like, you just got to let your hands go and he just doesn't do it anymore? Are we are we at this sort of stage of Santos's career where it's a bit like, is he going to be boxing Jake Paul? Will he be going to bare knuckle? Is it going to be, you know, Bellator? Like, well, what are we looking at here for Santos? Or, or am I just burying a man who is actually very much still alive? You certainly are burying him. That's pretty brutal. But ultimately, he's lost four of his last five. Um, you know, and the only win now was over Johnny Walker, and that was five rounds. So just to look at this in a bit more detail, prior to blowing out both knees against John Jones back in 2019, uh, in his previous four fights in the run-up to that fight with John Jones, which was for the belt, of course, he had won three mm. of the four by, by knockout uh, with brutality. Um, Jan Blahovic, Jimmy Manoa, uh, and Eric Anders... Oh. That Manoa, that Manoa fight is so good. Like, that is such a good fight. That was it, it was hilarious. That fight. It was like full power turned up to one hundred and ten, <laughs> um, just absolutely swinging for the fences, and really the sledgehammer Moretta. It was his true. It was his final form. Since then, Joe, uh, after losing to Jones, he's been submitted by Teixeira, and he's lost two decisions and claimed one decision against Johnny Walker. So. You know, I think uh, I think what you're saying is very harsh, but I understand why you're saying it. Do you think he can I rekindle something? Do you think he can rekindle something here against Jamahal Hill? Uh, very much. I think so. Drinking. He'll 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 will come forward. Hill has got like massive output, like seven point zero six strikes landed per minute. Like that's really high. He does absorb three point seven one. Uh, which does correlate with Tiago Santos's landing of 3.77 per minute. So they do kind of line up in that sense. Um, and striking defense-wise, Jamahal's Hills is lower than Santos's uh, 45% to Santos's 55. But I just think that if Hills' ranginess, you know, his reach and length that he fights with, I think Santos, you could see Santos getting backed up here against the cage and Hill working towards a finish. Um, and in fact, that is my bold prediction here that I think Hill will finish Santos uh, within the five rounds. Not an easy man to finish, Thiago Santos. Uh... No, but but let's be honest. This man has come back from a horrendous, two horrendous injuries and has not been the same since. He's pushing into his late 30s and, you know, he's on the verge of being cut, I think, probably with another loss or two. Um, but he's still got enough of a name that Hill, if he gets a win, could be significant for him. So, you know, I think it'll be a, a test, but I don't think a, you know, the test for Jamahal Hill. Right. Well, that's uh, the brutality of this sport outlined there. Uh, I, I, I really feel like I'm, I've been like overly harsh this episode. <laughs> like maybe I'm just like really shitting on people just for the fuck of it. Like I don't know what, what's happening with me, but I don't know. I'm just I, it's because I've seen the last few Santos main events and they've just not been that that impressive. I don't I haven't found him that impressive. I know he got the knockdown of Ankalaev, but 
Ankalaev was working him and went in a bit too far and Santos caught him and people sort of slightly overhyped that moment, I felt like. You, so. don't, you don't think Hill is likely to find himself in a similar situation? Oh, for sure. For sure, he could find him in that si- himself in that situation. But it's whether Santos is maybe a bit gun-shy now, because I've actually found him to be, compared to his old self, at least. I just, I and, think... You know, hold up, hold up, hold up. I've got to jump in here and, and, and defend... Go on. Defend Moretta a little bit here. Now, look, Joe, when we mentioned those two runs uh, that uh, Santos has had pre- and post-John Jones, uh, he fought, mm. you know... There is a difference between fighting Jimmy Manua and Alexander Rakic. There is a difference between fighting Eric Anders and Ankalaev. Uh, you know, these guys he's fought in his recent run, they're not they're tricky fighters. They don't they don't indulge him. Uh, you know, mm. they're both kind of calculated, uh, particularly effective defense high guards you know they don't exchange well, then, in a brawl jimmy manua and eric anders they want to they want to bang it out you can't bang it out with that, <laughs> with, uh, with santos maybe jamahal hill's ego will get the better of him maybe he'll be lured into that kind of matchup maybe maybe but then maybe this also then shows that the ufc's booking of santos has been probably not correct that maybe he should have dropped way down and fought you know the, the certified jabronis of the division. I don't need to say their names, Tom, but you're thinking of Ryan Spann, and I know <laughs> it. All right, like we need to, maybe he should have gone down that road. But because the UFC have put him in this position of main eventing fight night cards against highly ranked people in his division, he's been kind of exposed a bit. And is Jamahal Hill going to be at that level? Not sure yet. I'm kind of inclined to think that he might be able to get up there. And I think Santos will be a good uh, test for him that I think he should be able to get through. Now I'm definitely rooting for for Moretta uh, because why? It, well, it would just be. I feel like he gave us an amazing fight with John Jones. He gave us an amazing run. He's got a crazy highlight reel featuring. You don't think this? You don't I, think this. you just want me to eat crow? That's all. You want me to <laughs> eat crow next week, and that's all it is. Uh, I no, I do think you're being overly harsh. I think when you look back to these recent fights, uh, fair he's enough. Not, he, he he wasn't outclassed totally by Ankalaev. He was outpointed reasonably narrowly you know he wasn't able to to lure Ankalaev into his game I don't know I don't know I don't know I just think we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see see. I I do like Jamal Hill though I have to say he's he's obviously on a great run now having finished Jimmy Crew and Johnny Walker with quite in hellacious fashion (laughs) Johnny Walker (laughs) The, the, the Walker one was hilarious like, why is it was one of those where like you just realised that Johnny Walker can't do anything normally, including <laughs> getting knocked out. Right, let's talk about something that really does own the co-main event between uh, Vincente Luque and Jeff Neal. Um, Luque uh, managing to avoid a wrestler, thankfully, and uh, gets a banging fight against uh, Jeff Neal. Let's just put it out there. Wait, wait what are your loins saying? Yeah, you, you're pulling for Luque. You're pulling for Neal. Um, what, 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 what are we pulling um, for? I'm 100% Vincente Luque. Uh, over here, Joe. Mm, yeah, I'm a I'm a Luke Luke guy as well. Not to disrespect Jeff Neal, but I think he's sort of hit a bit of a ceiling, and it's be difficult to see if he can push through that. And Luke is going to push it onto him, see if he can handle that pressure. And uh, I feel like if he even gives a, gives a good account of himself in defeat, I think that's not the worst thing in the world. Losing to Vincente Luke, so. 
uh, be interesting to see that. Now let's talk about actual the real people's main event here. Zach Pauga versus Mohamed Usman. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago signing to the UFC. Little did we know he was actually on the Ultimate Fighter this year and has gotten to the final. Um, will he repeat the feat of his brother Kamaru Usman and win the Ultimate Fighter and then become potentially the greatest of all time? No. But, you know, he could win this and have a nice run at heavyweight. Yeah, that totally skipped us by on Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. I had no idea he was, <laughs> he was competing in that. I barely knew that the Ultimate Fighter was still, had still been commissioned for yet another season. Uh, shows how far know. that has fallen. Um, Do you know who the coaches were for this season? It, it was. It was the ladies, wasn't it, in, in, that we just witnessed? It was Peña Nunes. Yeah. Yeah, it was Peña. Um, you've also got the... Yeah, well, let's just talk about Mohamed Usman. We want him to win this, don't we? And then just batter some dudes, hopefully. Well, hopefully he got some coaching from uh, from Amanda rather than Juliana, is all I can say, Joe. <laughs> right, we've also got um, uh, the women's tough final on here. Uh, Juliana Miller, who is two and 2-1. Jesus Christ. And someone called Brogan Walker. Uh, this is at women's flyweight. Uh, will they become cannon fodder for Valentina Shevchenko? I would say unlikely because no one good comes off the Ultimate Fighter anymore. I mean, and then you got Augustus. Was that Bro- Brogan? <laughs> one of these ladies was called Brogan. Yes, I think Brogan that, Walker. That is a veteran of the trailer trailer park fights. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of She's it. been on street beefs. She's been <laughs> on street beefs for sure. That's it. Right. Let's, let me talk through the rest of this main card and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave you alone, listeners. Let's go to Augusto Sakai versus our boy, the Spivanator, Sergei Spivak. He's back. <laughs> and he's going he's gonna to fucking batter Sakai, I think. It's the irresistible rise continues, Joe. The irresistible rise of Sergei Spivak taking the sport by storm. Mm. F- first a <laughs> knockout of Greg Hardy and now Augusto Sakai. Uh, you're getting yeah. it boy you're getting it son that's it yeah. Ariana Lifsky versus Priscilla Cachoeira do you remember Cachoeira's last fight no uh, in the UFC no joke. she fought Gillian Robertson do you know Gillian Robertson the red headed uh, Canadian she's got the dyed blood red hair yes and Robertson had a rear naked choke in it was in deep and Cachoeira lifts her hands up and doesn't fight the hands and just starts jamming her fingers in Robertson's eyes <laughs> <laughs> which at that point is actually technically a tapping out because it's you know you've given up at that mm. stage and you're having to break the rules but the ref just was like stop doing that and then proceeded to keep doing it uh, before eventually tapping out uh, so we're hoping Lipsky for the win here uh, I believe Tom I think so and then opening we've got fucking hell 33 and 17 Sam <laughs> Alvey versus I don't even want to talk about this. Michael, because I don't want to say this guy's name. Michael Olek Sujic. What, 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 what the fuck I'm do you just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let that hang out there, that pronunciation. Um, yeah, what, all right. Not inclined to bail you out. Yeah, Joe, I don't think we can dignify <laughs> a, a Sam Alvey fight with uh, with any commentary. Can he evade... How do you say that name? Being cut? Uh, well, I think first it's Michal, no? Being, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Nate, uh, you lived in Poland, so you know. I uh, absolutely, Joe. Alex Shuk. <laughs> uh, Alex sorry, Shuk. okay. So, yeah, sorry, Poland. Uh, right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> let's 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 wrap this up. <laughs> this, this episode. 
<laughs> Tom, you're the champion. I yep, doff my cap to you. Thank you, thank you, Joe. And uh, look, UFC, give us something to work with, and we'll be back out with the bangers. You know, you can't can't be sullying us with these some of these fights. I'm a little bit bummed. I think the listeners are too. Bring on Abu Dhabi in a few months' time. Nah, man, bring on Marlon Vera versus uh, Dominic Cruz. That's coming up in a few weeks. That's yeah, gonna be banging. Come on, mate. Is that is that uh, the week ne- next week or? That's the week after, yeah. August 13th. Problem is, Joe, August you know, I, I look down that card and you've got, you know, Mearshart. Mi- <laughs> Alexa Grasso Mi- <laughs> uh, well, What are you going to do? They're, yeah. they're, kill- they're killing us here, Joe. But at least the week after that, did we've you, got did- Leon Edwards versus Camaro Usman, Paolo Costa versus Luke Rockhold, Josie Aldo versus Merab Delvashvili. Woof. That's something to look forward to. Woof indeed. Listeners, stick with us and you will find the gold. Okay. <laughs> Tom, congratulations, champ. You uh, you deserve it. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Contact us if you want at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. Uh, like, review, spread the word far and wide. I just really. This fine, fine podcast. Hold on, brother69. That has some <laughs> serious connotations, does it not? Uh, yes. Anyway, let's uh, wrap this up, Tom. Yep. Uh, I'll speak to you next week, and listeners will speak to you next week. Uh, Have a good time. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye.